Man, my holiday bills are almost as hard to get rid of as my in-laws. I guess my budget will be my New Year's resolution again. Hi there, friendly S&T banker here. The aftermath of the holidays can be tough. Have you thought about using the equity in your home to consolidate your debt? I can do that? Yep. Home equities are one of the lowest cost financing options. At S&T Bank, we can help you so you can have a financial fresh start. Stop by a branch or visit stbank.com to learn more. S&T Bank. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender. This is the point after presented by Parks Casino. Is today your lucky day? Bet Parks by Brian Patton and Associates. It's all about the benefits and by the Steelers Pro Shop. Get it direct from the team at shop.steelers.com alongside Craig Wolfley and Matt Williamson. I'm Rob King. Thanks very much for joining us for the point after following the Steelers 16 to 10 victory over the Bengals. It's time for a look back. This look back segment is brought to you by Brian Patton and Associates. It's all about the benefits. My number one thing, other than the fact. Wolf that the Steelers won the game was it felt like they blew the Bengals out even though they only won by six points just because the offense looked so much better the time of possession they were completely in command of the game oh there's no doubt about it I mean you take a look at uh, the time of possession was ridiculous it was almost two-thirds of the game I mean I heard rumors that uh, Cam Hayward was ordering hot dogs on the sidelines (laughs) because he was hungry no fact of the matter is you know that the when the offense goes on possesses the ball that long that is going to be a great advantage to a defense that's been a little bit under the gun over the last several weeks. So it's good to see. Yeah, all this time of possession stuff and you know snaps played is starting to trend the right direction. Just like last year at this time, you know, right. they were at the bottom of the league, and then before you knew it, they were near the top of the league and it's starting to have that feel about it. And boy, Najee Harris set the tone too. I mean, Fryermuth and Najee, that, that run where he just dragged the whole defense was like, man, he came to play today. Well, there are two tone setters. That mm-hmm. was one of them. The other, I thought, was the very first play of the game in which the Steelers attacked the middle of the field. That, of course, mm-hmm. had been one of the criticisms of head co- of uh, offensive coordinator Matt Canada, who was dismissed before the game. Um, again, you know, in this trio here, nobody's celebrating that. I mean, it's Thanksgiving week. The guy lost his job. Uh, right. You feel badly for him. By the same token, changes needed to be made. I mean, the, the offense was struggling. Now, people are going to look at the score 16 points and think, but what really changed? Um, but a lot changed, Wolf, and I thought from the very first play of the game, the last three games the Steelers did not complete a pass, and I think they only attempted one over the middle of the field. This week they had five completions over the middle of the field, including the very first completion of the game, very first attempt of the game. Well, there's no question about it. That the, you know, you, I mean, you take a look, he's under center. He's uh, They run the old 134 trap pass. That's what we used to run back in my day. Mm-hmm. You pull the left guard, come out, you trap the end man on the line. You got the Friar Muth going down the middle on a little banana bend and cover two, and there's the had open spot right in the middle in front of the split safeties, and boom, there you go. It's right there in the open, and I think it was 24 yards. Kenny hit him on that first one. It was beautiful. Just to, And it put I think it put the Bengals back on their heels. They were not expecting that at all. And hit him. It was that the opening salvo was fired by Kenny and by by Fryermuth. Yeah, and what a game Fryermuth had. I mean, obviously, they game planned early and often to get him the football to target him a lot, and that's been missing in this offense. I mean, I, I thought he was maybe their best offensive player last year, and this year he had 13 targets coming into the game. Now there's been injuries and you know some uh, outlying factors, but I thought he was somebody they really had to get going. And then to take it a step further, I mean. Obviously, tight end production often happens in the middle of the field, as you mentioned. That's been really deficient. 
But they played a lot more 12 personnel. They played a fair amount of 13 personnel with exactly. three tight ends out there. And, I mean, that's an interesting tight end room with Hayward. And I thought that was Washington's best game as a pro, too. Now, you mentioned before this game that the Bengals had really been struggling at the yeah. safety position. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, and they moved Jordan Battle into the starting lineup. Uh, you know, So he's a guy that is back there still. And they like Jordan Battle. Um, <clears throat> but it's, it's, a, it's an area that's not a strength to this defense. As opposed to a team like San Francisco, where you've got a great safety, mm-hmm. you've got two great middle linebackers, a very difficult team to attack in the middle of the field. Cleveland has been a team that's been difficult to attack in the middle of the field. Absolutely. They've been difficult to attack anywhere, but it's t- sure. tough. To- so this almost seemed like the perfect opportunity to attack the middle of the field to get um, your tight end, Fryermuth involved. Yeah, and they've been really poor against tight ends, too. Like, if you play fantasy football, you start your tight ends against the Bengals. You know, like, they allowed a lot of production to that position. And their linebackers are fine, but their safeties are questionable, and they're just, you know, new guys. For whatever reason, that's been a, a problem for the Bengals. So I am curious, are we going to see more 12 and 13 going forward? I'm sure Fryermuth isn't going to have a 40% target share or whatever it was. I think it was 44 or something really high. But is he going to be a focal point of the offense still going forward, or is that a one-off because of the opponent? Mm-hmm. Good question. It is a good question, but I think they attacked a lot of the deficiencies that we've been talking about over the last several weeks. I think they, they did it up front and got after it. And I will say this, Pat Frymouth had a heck of a game uh, blocking. I mean, I, I've heard you know there's some commentary that people say he's not uh, an adequate blocker. He's more than an adequate blocker. I mean, my goodness, some of the work he did there, I was really impressed. Did a good job. So the heck with that. Um, I think he was on both ends of it, both catching the ball and blocking. Yep. And uh, going into the game, yes, there had been some injuries, but he played five games, nine receptions for 60 yards. In this first game with the new offensive coordinator, nine receptions for 120. That's a career high. He'd never been over 85, I think, in his career. Um, so that's that's a positive sign. And yeah. one that is going to be – you know, Wolf, as you know, and Matt, you too, you're going to put that on tape, and that's going to make everybody else suddenly start to think about what you do quite a bit differently. Are you talking to me? Yeah. I'm talking, yeah. <laughs> you talking to me? Are you talking to me? I was, I was talking to you. I wasn't doing the look off. I was looking at you and talking to Matt, and I wasn't doing the look off. I was looking at I wasn't I sure, I was looking at you. What was the anyway, question? Anyway, Wolf. <laughs> You're you're putting this on tape now for oh, yes. teams to have to think about, and you wonder. No if, question. You wonder if the Bengals were even really considering that part of the field. You know, I mean, yeah, you got to go through the motions of planning for it, but it's one thing to say, "Hey, listen, this is what they've done. We're going to show you this on tape." They hadn't done that. Now they've done it. Now it's on tape. Now every other opponent from here on is going to have to worry about that. Exactly. So, and it's going to stretch some of the defenses. But the way you do it in the beginning is that you got to have a run game. <laughs> And the run game, yeah. to me, just it sets everything up. You run the ball, the linebackers come up, and then you throw the ball over their heads. I know I'm simplifying, but that's truly where the power of the tight end over the middle really is at. And the fact is, when you got somebody like Fryermuth, the dude reads, as I've said, he reads safeties like a, a, a slot wide receiver. You know, you, you, the slot guy has got to see the safeties like the quarterback sees the safeties. And when you're able to do that, you got something cooking there, and I think that's what was cooking on Sunday. Yep, and you know the the Steelers have been running the ball well. They've run the ball well the last three games. Now the last four games are the best in the NFL in doing it, um, averaging I think uh, one seventy four. Is it over the last uh, three games? I got the numbers here somewhere. Uh, whatever it is, it's the best in the league. And so yeah, one seventy four over the last four games now. Um, 
that's they've been doing that, but they haven't backed that up with play action to the tight end. Yeah. So now you have. Now you have. And back to your previous question, yes, I think they're now much harder to prepare for than they were three days ago. And a couple things. I mean, you mentioned play action. So I just saw this number this morning, and, you know, I like my numbers. They've tried a play action pass this year 61 times, you know, which is a very, very low number. Nine of those 61s were yesterday. <laughs> you know, and, right. and as Wolf mentioned, a lot more under center, you know, tight ends in the middle of the field. And I keep going back to this 12 and person, 13 personnel stuff, too. Like the Bengals played base the verse 13, which is one back, three tight ends. Well, if you're going to do that, I'm going to split Fryermuth out. I'm going to split Hayward out against linebackers, you know, and keep Washington in line. You still have either Pickens or Johnson out there. And they're, they're using more diverse areas of the field, more diverse play action, more diverse personnel concepts, which I think just makes you harder to play against. And, and, and just what you're talking about, you're exactly right. Because are we talking 13 or are we talking 22? Uh-huh. I mean, because of Connor Hayward uh-huh. and his ability to – to be versatile, it's like Matt said. You, you know, you got to sit there and decide what's coming out. You know, is it a thirteen grouping or is this? You know, we got a guy in the backfield. I don't know. So I, again, the more you, difficulty you can lay on the on the uh, uh, defense, the better your chances of being successful are. And I think the point you made about Fryermuth is a good one. And you talking about being able to split Fryermuth out. The yeah. fact that he and Hayward had that capability, you can move them in tight if you if a team goes with a, a nickel or a dime package and you can run the ball. And if you spread them out, you still feel like you can throw because those guys are good enough receivers. Even if Fryermuth's going against, say, a safety, you feel like, uh, or or uh, or you know Hayward against an outside linebacker, you feel like you can win those battles. Yeah, exactly. Like I think it's hard unless you have Fred Warner's and Roquan Smiths that are, can do everything on the second level. If you're going to play nickel against thirteen, they're going to get heavy and pound you with nausea. You know, I mean, you're you're going to have. Fryermuth on a safety. You're going to have Washington on a linebacker. I mean, it, but if the other thing is true, if you come out in base, well, then I got a linebacker trying to guard Hayward. And what's nice about their tight end room to me is Washington and Hayward don't look like the same position, don't play the same way, but they both are hard to account for in terms of what should we put out there to defend them. And Fryermuth's right in between. Yep. And then when you look at, so I was going to talk about the passing game, but since we're here, Let's continue by talking about the running game, which once again, Wolf was terrific. The offensive line is doing a phenomenal job, and both those running backs are doing a phenomenal job. There's no question about it. The offensive line is playing at a peak efficiency. These guys are really doing a good job of when they got doubles, they take the guy off, they pick off the second guy running through. They're now getting to the run-through guys, all those things. And then we're seeing the growth of uh, you know Broderick Jones at right tackle. My gosh, you know if you go back and look at the Najee, you know the uh, the scrum run, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah. when he's he's running twenty yards, you can't even see him in the middle of that group <laughs> of guys. You yeah. know it's like a rugby scrum if yeah. you have ever seen that. But it's it's Broderick Jones taking B.J. Hill off the ball. 10 yards off the ball, get Zooks, man. And then you've got uh, Frymuth behind him. you got all the offensive linemen to start you know, taking shots, getting in there behind him and pushing him. It was just a great job of guys blocking to the whistle, maybe the echo of the whistle, the next valley over, what have you. The fact of the matter was guys were putting in effort, and it was great to see. I loved it. Well, you know, and again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow this up with a question for you about the offensive line, Wolf. Um I think it was Bill Parcells that said, like, an offensive line needs a year together to really gel, to really understand what they're doing together. Um, the cohesiveness of that unit, you put in Broderick Jones, and, and maybe you start to think, well, that's a big difference because that's when the, the running started to take over. Is it familiarity? Is it 
Broderick Jones, did they change some of what they the blocking schemes, what they ask guys to do to play their strengths? Maybe maybe the the, the players are adapting to each other. Maybe the, the coaching staff is adapting to their strengths. Has it been all those things? What's happened that this offensive line is now suddenly just rolling teams out of there? I think that uh, Broderick has brought a youthful enthusiasm to the offensive <laughs> line that maybe a little bit of something that could have been missing just a little bit. It's not that it's going to be any great kicker, but when you've got new blood and, and it kind of gets a little bit fun and exciting, you start to have some success, it starts to gel a little bit. Also, I think the fact they added instead have been adding traps on powers. You know, I mean, when you watch one of those big tackles, they turn Danny Moore, turned around a 90, what would have been in my day, a 92 trap. That would have been John Kolb pulling from the left tackle, leading up on the inside. That, you know, then you got Broderick running it from the other way. Then you've got the short traps between Isaac Somalo and James Daniels, the guards. Excellent stuff. So I think the traps are really important. The powers, I think, are really important. And they showed them to be against what I thought. I knew that the Bengals had problems with the run defense. I was trying to figure out why, because you got some meat eaters in there. Yeah, I mean, that, that, it, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. you you got yourself B.J. Hill. You got yourself D.J. Reader. You got Josh Topu. You got Jay uh, Tefali or what I, yeah. I think his name is. These guys are like they're, they're modern dinosaurs. Carter, others. They have a lot of depth. Yeah, they, they have fresh bodies out but there all the time. They were being manhandled on the inside, I will tell you. And yeah. It's, yeah, go ahead, Matt. Yeah, I don't have a lot more to add to it other than, you know, Wolf mentioned this, that – I think there's a lot more designed offensive line movement, pulls, traps, et cetera, and it's a pretty athletic group. I think the guard play has been really good all year but just keeps getting incrementally better. And it's not a knock on Chooks at all, but you look at Broderick Jones and you go, oh, that's a first-round pick. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like that, that just in itself is the you physical guys, specimen. You guys will love this. I saw Broderick the other day and I said, Dude, I wish I wish my first start at tackle was half as smooth as yours. No, I bet. <laughs> yeah, that was I mean, good. This stuff. young man doesn't even know all the ins and outs of what he's doing, no, but right. he's doing it, man. Yeah, and he does bring that youthful enthusiasm. Oh, he does. Yeah, he does for sure. Steelers win with the final score, sixteen to ten. Lots more to get to, including something that one or two things that I wouldn't mind seeing cleaned up. Um, so we'll get to all that stuff when we continue on the point after on Steelers Nation Radio and one hundred two point five DVE. Sounds like Craig Wolfley on guitar. Is that Craig Wolfley on guitar? This is the yeah, point just, after presented by Parks Concedo. I laid that down. It's a little lucky day. Bet so. Parks by Brian Patton and Associates. It's all about the benefits. And by the Steelers Pro Shop, get it direct from the team at shop.steelers.com. Didn't you play, did you play with Albert Collins? Who'd you play no, with? No, no, no. It was uh, it was Mon Gumbo. It's a local blues okay. band. I right. played a little guitar. Opened up... Um, at uh, one of the parks out there, I can't remember what it was, and it was it was for uh, another guy, big you know, New Orleans guy. But uh, Tim Manise is a friend of mine. He had the band, and he let me sit in for a little while. And uh, so that could have been you laying down that track. <laughs> I wasn't that good. Okay, <laughs> uh, Steelers were that good. They win by the final score of sixteen to ten. They improved to seven and four with this victory over the Bengals. Talking about the uh, running game, and Matt, just to kind of uh, you know continue on this topic, one hundred and fifty three more yards in the ground. Um, you know, 13 carries for Warren, 15 for Najee. I like the fact that Kenny Pickett tucked it five times and ran. Um, I, one of them looked like it may have been a design run, but but I think most of it was scramble stuff. But, you know, it has been Warren, Warren, Warren the last three games, and this time it was Najee who was the more effective of the two backs. Yeah, and I actually wrote an article this week saying 
I think Warren's an underrated player, you know, going into this game, that it's time to start looking at him as one of the best backs in the league. I mean, just his efficiency numbers and all that were off the charts. And by no means was he poor in this game, but Najee was a hot hand, and they fed him. You know, I mean, that's the beauty of this backfield right now is one of the two is really going to excel game to game, it seems pretty apparent, or both, you know, and we've seen both of them at times too. So I think they complement each other well. And I think, Coach, I didn't see his press conference exactly, but I read something along the lines of that Najee, because the way we play and in the fantasy football world, maybe doesn't get the credit for doing the dirty work that he should, but he does the dirty work, and it pays off late Ooh, in games. Yeah. yeah. Well, one of the things, too, that I like about this combination, uh, I'm going to go back to a report that Matt Max Starks had a couple of games ago where he was down in the sidelines prior to the Cleveland game, down in the sideline, and Jalen Warren and Najee Harris – you know, split pretty much splitting carries, right? And both being effective, but at that time, Warren, um, you know, putting up eye-popping numbers as far as yards per carry, that kind of thing. These two congratulating each other, then going over to the offensive line and thanking the offensive line and congratulating the offensive line. I love hearing that because it's not always easy when somebody has to split duties when you know because they both, I'm sure, at some point in their career, they're both going to want to be the guy, but. While you're winning and while you're being a good teammate and supporting each other, I think that can go a long way toward team success. There's no question about it. Look, Najee, I'm sure, was the guy just about in every stop that he made along the way. Jalen Warren, the same thing. You never rise to that level unless you're the guy at every level you're you're, you're dealing in mm-hmm. as you grow. But can you lay aside your personal desires and your personal goals for the sake of the rest of everybody else on the team? And that's really what they're doing. They're laying aside all that stuff where, you know, with a personal gain. No, they still want to be the best. They're going to go out and compete, and they're going to be combative as all get out and do whatever they can do to be the best. But certainly, I got to look at that and say, I think they're doing a great job of supporting each other and letting the offensive line know, hey, we're with you, man. Let's go. You know, let's rock it. No, the, You get excited. When you backs are fired up and they're doing stuff, and they, you know they'll come along and like we gotta go, and like you, know, you just kind of like smile, like okay, now welcome to my world. You want to line up on a with a three technique over you, <laughs> but it's fun. It's all fun. And I, you know, again, I, I'm always reluctant to bring up names in the past, especially storied names. But you know, I, I think of like Franco Harris and Rocky Blyer sharing yeah. the backfield and and being good teammates and supporting each other. Of course, in those days that also meant blocking for each other, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, a little bit different when you had the one a the little two bit backs. more than the other. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Not that we didn't call Franco Stingby for any reason, you know. Right. <laughs> so, the Stinger. <laughs> so I will. I will then move from Matt knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> so I move. I will move then from running the ball. To throwing the ball because I think Matt, the runs are going to be there, right? Yeah, they're I think going, we can count on that now. Yeah, they're yeah. going to continue to run the ball, and Jalen Warren and Najee Harris for the foreseeable future mm-hmm. are going to continue to share backfield duties. Now you flip over to the offense, uh, the other side of the offense, throwing the ball. This is I I just can't foresee this, and we can dive deeper into the offense because uh, the, the passing game is obviously a huge boon in this game, but I cannot foresee a time in which all three of your main targets, meaning Fryermuth now, um, you know, second most targeted guy last year, Deontay and George Pickens are all going to walk out of a stadium saying, I got mine. You know, nah. you're not going to have two or three hundred yard receivers per game. That's just not the way this offense is constituted. And so I think 
there's got to be, and, and hopefully there is already, a level of buy-in. Okay, Pat Firemuth, you had your game. Now teams are going to have to account for that. Yeah. Now you go against a team like Arizona, three rookie corners, maybe that's the team you're attacking on the outside. Now maybe it's Pickens' turn or Deontay's turn. And as long as everybody's on board with that, because it's just, I just can't see this. I could see this, you know, 278 yards, maybe being on the upper edge mm-hmm. of what we're going to see the Steelers doing with the passing game. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, not to mention you're going to mix in a couple targets for the backs, for Hayward. Washington's getting running more routes than That's he used right. to. Austin, Robinson. So how big can this pie possibly be for Deontay Fryermuth and Pickens? So they are going to have to sit their ego to the side. I mean, they're not going to light up the, store, the, the, the scoreboard and their, you know, their production every, every week. And for the most part, this offense is still very young. That takes some maturity in order to do that. And the other thing is, I know it wasn't a ton of snaps, but the fact that they play 13 means you only got one receiver out there. Right. You know, they usually have three. I mean, they're at the top of the league with having three receivers on the field. So either Deontay or Pickens is sitting there going, I'm not even in the on the field right now. Right. You know? And then really Mike addressed this earlier in the year when he talked about Pickens getting the double teams or Deontay getting the double teams, and you go the other way. I mean, that's the nature of football. That's what it is. And so you have to lay aside your personal goals at times for the benefit of the team. That's what it's about. That's what teamwork's about. Yep. So now let's get to Kenny Pickett because I think it's he's obviously an important guy to talk about. When you were talking about what Kenny Pickett was capable of, Matt, he used yeah. to be a scout. Wolf, obviously, he's a player. It seems like the team, you know, the, the, the players believe in Kenny Pickett. They believe they've never lost their belief in Kenny Pickett. I think that's important to the quarterback position. But there's also some scouting that needs to happen. We see him in practice. Uh, we see stuff that we like from him. Because you couldn't really point to any efforts in games and say, see, that's why. Like this game, I could say, hey, 24 of 33. Um, I mean, if the, if the ball of a touchdown pass isn't dropped um, or if it's reviewed, whatever, if it's called correctly on the field, you're looking at a 120 passer rating probably. You could point to a game like this and say, see, Kenny Pickett's really good, but there wasn't a lot of this on tape. Um, so now I think you can begin to, as a fan, say, oh, okay, there's there's the Kenny Pickett that this team has believed in. There's the Kenny Pickett that our scouts have said and our coaches have said, we think he can do the job. This is, to me, uh, this is as, about as good as I've seen Kenny Pickett look in the NFL. Kenny's capable of this on an every week basis. I mean, I truly believe that. have believed it for a long time. Just watching him go. You just want to see, you want to give him the opportunity to grow into this. You know, part of part of learning is learning how to handle the downtimes too. You know, when things aren't going so smooth, how do you handle that? Do you start to fracture a little bit? Do you create problems, or do you you know go into the pit of misery for for a, a a long time, or do you pull yourself out by the bootstraps and rebound? The one thing I loved about Bradshaw, Bradshaw could throw. Three interceptions one week and three touchdowns the next week. I mean, that's the way he was. He was able to rebound and bounce really well. And that's what quarterbacks have to be able to do. They've got to be able to be resilient, and especially when young guys. I mean, take a look around the league at some of the young guys that are fizzling out and have not done very well. Matt could probably give us a whole laundry list of guys. But the fact of the matter is you've got to wear uh, weather some storms in your early parts of your career to be able to develop that sort of a mental, uh, emotional, and physical armor that you need to get through some of the tougher times. And I think that's what we've seen. I think he's gone through some of those tougher times. And I think it's gonna do, all it's going to do is make him stronger. 
I thought he made pretty much every throw he was asked to make. You know, the yeah. the the sharp uh, opening throw over the middle of the field to Fryermuth. I, I I remember three go routes that he threw, two completed, one just through the fingertips of Pickens, who was slowed a little bit by a battle with a receiver. I thought that was yeah, a, yeah. A, a really well-thrown ball. I just, you know, there were a couple, I, I, and again, we'll get to the under-pressure stuff, but but um, because that was one of my two minor issues with this game in general. Mm-hmm. But I just thought when he had time, stepped into his throws, he, he made every throw that he was required to make. And I don't think, you know, uh, an above-average NFL quarterback has to make many more throws than, than kind of the throws we saw in this game. Yeah, and so first of all, I think it's a testament to the young man, man and his personality, his character, his work ethic, that I never felt like his teammates or coaches doubted him or, hey, rumblings of, oh, if we only had a quarterback or put the other guy in or we got to go get someone in the offseason. Like, he never heard that or felt that. Um, now, I – I also think, and Wolf can speak this better than me, but there was weather yesterday, and you know there was a lot of talk about his small hands coming out, and can he can right. he control the football and AFC North weather, and you know after Thanksgiving, I think he answered that pretty well. I mean, where he was layering it, throwing with touch, throwing with velocity, um, I, I was really impressed. And the other thing we haven't mentioned, which is at least as important. He has an unbelievable streak going on right now of no interceptions. 200, <laughs> you know, 208 consecutive. You're not supposed know, to say right. anything. Steal longest, record, right? Yeah, longest streak. Sure, knock on my head. We need some wood right here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think the the only uh, and, and I, okay. So let me let me uh, uh, one more run at the positives here. Uh, a few of them on the second to last drive, the field goal drive, uh, third and nine. Pickett finds Deontay Johnson. A third and eight. That was from their own twenty-three. Then they're and again, remember the game's in doubt at this time, right? It's a ten-seven game, I think, at this point. Um, third and eight. He finds Pickens from his own thirty-seven yard line. So confidence in Kenny Pickett and confidence in what he's doing, breeding perhaps confidence in the play calls and confidence that he's going to make the right decision, not turn the ball over, get you a first down. I mean, look, let's face it, third and eight, third and nine has seemed like Third and thirty at points for the Steelers. You know what I mean? Right. And, and he did, you know, two conversions on a very critical drive. Well, if I thought that was good stuff, can I tell you one thing that I liked? I really loved. Remember when Kenny rolled out to his left and he sees Najee Harris by the first down marker and Logan Wilson's all over him, mugging him, literally almost to the point of driving him out of bounds. Got an interference call. What's Kenny do? Threw it right at the feet. Of them, he knew he knew not going to make a catch here, but it highlights the fact the referee's standing right there. Well, I got to throw the flag now because right now Logan Wilson is all over Najee Harris, and the ball came to him even though it was at his feet. I thought that was a great throw. I I mean, just a smart move by Kenny to kind of highlight, hey, hello, we got a flag here, you know. And I thought that was just a, a great move by him. Old school moxie was the old word they used to use for that. Exactly, right? yeah. everything that I was never, I was never able to do. Yeah, he, he made also one other throw that that really stood out to me among many other throws. Um, it was another third down, the, the long pass up the sideline to Deontay Johnson, and Johnson was in uh, it was in man man to man, so he ran up the sideline with his man, and Pickens was running a drag across the middle, and once he cleared the linebacker, was wide open in the flat, short throw out in the flat. You throw it to Pickens, he runs, he picks up a first down, it's a 10, 12-yard gain, you keep the drive going. Kenny Pickett goes up top to Deontay Johnson, throws an absolutely perfect ball, and gets the huge yardage. Again, that confidence to bypass the shorter throw, Matt, and go down the field. Um, I just, you know, 
watching on TV, just the it just you know the confidence in what he can do. Not saying it's been lacking, but but you know whether it's uh, the progression charts. Wolf and I talked about that earlier um, off air. Whether the progression charts changed and they said be more aggressive. Whatever the case was, he was more aggressive, and I just thought had a a really terrific game. Yeah, he absolutely did, and a lot of the. But which I never quite understood. But a lot of his like draft profile coming out of Pitt was pocket passer, game manager, accurate. You know, gonna get, take the layups. I think his mentality is much more of a big game hunter. He, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think he's aggressive by nature and wants to take the the tougher throw for the bigger yardage. And for whatever reason, I'm not saying it was coached out of him, but he was not doing that a lot up until now this season. As much as you'd like. Maybe he didn't trust his protection. Maybe he just wasn't feeling it, whatever. But if he can get to that point and still not turn the – I mean, the interceptions are coming. I mean, we can knock on wood all we want. He's not going to go the rest of the year without throwing a pick. Jeepers, Matt. I'm gonna have to, <laughs> we're going to have to talk about this off-air, buddy. You can't be jinxing our man like that. Speaking of off-air, uh, we have to take a break. Uh, there are a couple things, a couple issues I'd like to uh, to bring up. We'll get to that and a little bit more about the 16-10 victory when we continue on the point after – on Steelers Nation Radio and 102.5 DVE. Is that you on guitar? Yeah, I believe that was a little riff I did back in 83. This is the point after presented by Parks Casino. Is today your lucky day? Bet Parks by Brian Patton and Associates. It's all about the benefits. And by the Steelers Pro Shop. Get it direct from the team at shop.steelers.com. Dot com. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna grumble briefly. Then we'll get back to the the good news. Hey, guys, I'm not, I'm not really gonna grumble. Um, the, the one thing in this game, I, I think it's fair just to throw a couple things out there. We didn't, you know, you only scored 16 points. It wasn't a complete game. I thought the Bengals early in this game, um, on a third down, brought a ton of pressure at Kenny Pickett, mm-hmm. and um, he, you know, kind of hurriedly threw a ball again. Does he have an outlet receiver there? I don't know. I don't know yeah, what the situation right, right. is. Uh, but he looked a little uncomfortable through the ball quickly. Then the Bengals showed pressure, backed off. Kenny reacted as if he thought the pressure was coming. Then the Bengals brought pressure again. I thought in those instances, mostly pressure, but the one time where they, they sort of deked the pressure and then and then brought it back. You, you talk about what teams you know are going to have to contend with now, Matt, with the tight end play being on film for the Steelers. You wonder if that's something that teams might look at and think, hmm, okay, well, uh, maybe we need to show a little more pressure at this guy in third-down situations. Yeah, I mean, nobody plays a perfect game, and my negative column for Pickett was handling pressure. I I didn't think he handled it particularly well. That's not uncommon, especially for a younger guy. I mean, in terms of are they coming, are they not? How do I get it out hot? Where do I get, you know, I got to be on the same page as that receiver, et cetera, et cetera. I I also thought – their red zone offense wasn't ideal, but I didn't think he was the problem for that. Where last year, I mean, red zone was an issue for him, and as it is for like all rookies. So these are not uncommon issues. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I mean, I'm not uh, kind I'm of not nitpicking pro- a little bit here, but a little. But I mean, he's going to well, see that's pressure. That's what a scout does. Yeah, and I think I think I think it's legitimate. I mean, I don't think no. we're I don't think we're no. looking for things to criticize. That that struck me. As a note, when I was too. when yeah. I was watching the game, yeah, they, they showed some numbers. He was like, you know, his numbers weren't great when yeah, I think it, when they showed you know. it was one for five. I yeah, think at that yeah. point, um, and when you consider that he only threw nine incompletions, and uh, you know, four of them were there, one or two that were dropped. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one maybe you throw one away. And what game is this? 
in his career. Exactly. Twenty two. Right. Yeah. Twenty two. Like right. Twenty. So right. again, it's that learning curve. He's learning. Sure. You know, it's one of the things that you watched in the NFL today. One of the things they do so very well is disguise their coverages. They will, you know, they'll be playing zone, but they look like they're they're locked up man press, and then they'll bail out before all kinds of stuff. You know. Right. And, and sure, Tom Brady, who played for forty five years, you know, I mean, you're not going to fool him. For a young guy in now in his early twentieth game, twenty something game, you know it takes a while to adjust to that. Some of these guys, some of these defensive coordinators are really pretty sharp, and some of the defensive backs when they sugar it up and they they can sugar it good. So you know for Kenny, it's just got to be you got to just keep plugging away and keep learning, and and you got to get these game brains going because game brains are when you move the playbook from the X's and O's into your, your gourd, and that things start moving off the page. For sure. I, I well, remember, real quick on that, yeah, if you yeah. mind. I it don't... would worry me if pressure comes, he gets in the fetal position, ducks his head, <laughs> right, runs away. You know right. what I mean? Like, yeah. and, and some quarterbacks do that. I mean, right. it's scary, I'm sure. You know, right. but – that's not it. I mean, I think it's just the recognition, the experience. Ex- of that's right. um, that's yeah. a, such a great point. I'm glad you brought that up. He wasn't worried by the pressure. No, no. He just, he, it, it just appeared to make him a little indecisive. Like, what's yeah. my read here? Mm-hmm. Not, not, you know. Not I'm scared. Not I'm scared. Yeah, yeah. No, I, there was none of that. I remember from <laughs> some of the first blitzes, my first year of starting. I was like, oh, do I have him or do I have him? <laughs> you figure it out pretty quick. Yeah, yeah you know, was, yeah. I didn't curl him in a fetal position, but I might have tackled the guy or two. <laughs> well, we yeah, we saw we saw that happen um, on Watt's second sack. Drew Sample, the yeah. tight end. Oh, he um, went through both of them. With Drew, Drew Sample took the inside blitzer, the, the free hit. Uh, yeah, 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 right. Not the one he took the inside yeah, blitzer, yeah. Um, who the right Jonah, tackle had. Jonah Williams did too. Did they he, both bid right. on Chandon Sullivan what, blitzing off the edge. Yeah, wouldn't didn't you? Wouldn't you? Somebody on somebody on saying is right. I, I, I could defend myself in the film room. Uh, I, somebody had to block Watt. You know, like if you went that way, at least you could defend it. Oh, uh, that was Chandon Sullivan beats us. I'll live with it. Right, yeah, right, right, yeah. <laughs> Let's turn the future defensive player of the year wide open <laughs> yeah. here on this one. Have at yeah. it. Olay. Oh. So the other one, uh, and again, um, look, uh, I, I'll say this a lot. You, you always see your own warts the clearest, right? So you always see your own deficiencies. Every team, especially in the AFC, has got deficiencies. No team is perfectly constituted. Special teams I didn't think was just, uh, outside of Boswell, oh, who's just been yeah. just incredible. Um, this wasn't their finest game. You know, allow forty-six yard field goal return or a kickoff return that coupled with a just that fluky play to chase allows them uh, to score a touchdown. Um, so special teams harmed you there twice. You had an opportunity, I thought, to knock down punts and and uh, inside the five yard line didn't do it, and twice on returns costing yourself valuable field position with holding penalties. So. Wasn't the best game for special teams either, Wolf. Well, exactly so. But that's what Chuck Noll always re- referred to when he would say teamwork isn't necessarily 50-50 or 33 and a third, 33 and a third, 33 and a third. See, I got the fractions right. Nice. I well, sure if you're going to get yeah. the last one. You know, I, I, stuck, <laughs> I stuck the landing. That's right. Thank you very much. But the fact is, you know, that's sometimes, you know, one one area let's is, is having struggles and everything else. The other two got to pick it up. You know, and sometimes – Two areas are struggling, and the one has to carry a load. But as Chuck always used to say, whatever it takes. If it takes returning a punt all the way for a touchdown, that's you know something you, you work for. Same thing offensively, defensively. Whoever needs to carry the load has got to carry the load because winning becomes a habit. All right? Winning begets winning is what Chuck always used to say. And when I look at this game, so you know the naysayers 
are going to say 16 points, just like you had under Matt Canada. The the other side of that coin is going to be 400-plus yards. Mm-hmm. Look, look at us go. We're unstoppable, right? Um, so, you know, I, I'm I'm actually leaning more towards the second category, to be honest with you. I, I loved what I saw offensively. And I, and I think you can you can make the point that, you know, if Deontay Johnson catches that ball or if it's ruled a touchdown, which it should have been, or if it's challenged, overturned, and a touchdown, um, now you have 23 points, right? The Bengals aren't kicking that field goal at the end of the game. That could make it 23-7. to And then I'll go one step further. So even just that, this and, and 23-7, if you told me that was the final score, yeah, that's that's more like what, what it felt, felt like. like. Yeah. It felt like 23-7. to I also think that we're in a stage of the of the team's development, or and, it, and it's hopefully it's developing because this is what we wanted to see, right? What we mm-hmm. saw yesterday was what we wanted to see more of at the end of last season. What we saw in the preseason: attack the middle of the field, make some more splash plays, get some more yardage. The points didn't follow. There was a, I thought, an interesting sequence on the very first drive of the game. Um, you get to a fourth and a yard and a half or thereabouts, on the Bengals, right about the 40-yard line of the Bengals. And Mike Tomlin, who earlier in his career was aggressive, but now has been coaching a different style of team, punched the ball away. You could see the logic. Yeah. Uh, they got Jake Browning. Um, it's an AFC North game. It's the opening drive. We, no reason to give them any spark if they make a, a, a stop. They haven't run the ball all day yeah, at all. Yeah, they're not going <laughs> right. to – you know, if we kick it deep, they're not going to go 95 yards and score a touchdown on us. So let's kick it deep. Now it goes into the end zone. doesn't look good. But you wonder if this offense comes out against Arizona, does this again, maybe score some more points. Then they add another week. Then they add another week. Maybe you get to a point in a season in which you know you're going to be in more of a shootout, you know points are going to be more of a premium, and you might say, okay, I now have confidence enough in this offense to go for it. Some teams just consult the chart. It's like they're not even – some coaches, like yeah. it's not even – they're not even managing right. the game, Right. They're like, well, hang on a second. Fourth and one. Now you see them. They're over on the sideline. You know, they got the cheaters on, and they're looking out at their chart, and their chart says to go for it. It doesn't matter where you are in the game or who the opponent is. You're going to go for it. I just wonder. I was thinking about that. I thought, hmm, if this if this offense continues to progress, maybe maybe Mike Tomlin's going to go for that more, which again potentially leads to more points, more offensive productivity. Not that I think this is going to be a 35 point a game Mm -hmm. offense. I'd like to see it consistently in the twenties, um, but I, that that struck me as struck me as something that, hey, in the future maybe maybe that adds more points to your your score total as well because you're at the point and your opponent is at the point where you go for it there. Yeah, and I don't think Tomlin by any stretch is that pulls the chart out and doesn't care right. about the weather or your right guard can't Look block at, Aaron yeah, Donald or exactly. what play do I call here? Right. Or, you know, I mean that stuff matters. I mean it's not just go read it off a chart. But I thought that same thing on that play. I mean. The fan in me sitting my lazy boy is like, go for it. Be aggressive. Put the fork in them. Yeah. But I also thought if Joe Burrow's in this game, they probably do go for it. Right. You That's know, right. You just That's have to right. know your opponent. That's you know? right. Yeah. I, 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 it was one sentence, one run-on sentence. I was watching the game with my son at yeah. the first half before I came out here to do the post-game show with Charlie. Boy, I really love to see him go for it. They're definitely going to punt the ball. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah, yeah, one yeah. sentence because I thought about it. I'm like, you're not. Come on, man. We, you, you, there's no reason to go for it here. Well, I remember one time we had a sideline conversation. It was Chuck Webby and I think Tunch, and we were saying, "Let's go for it." I remember Chuck looking at us, and going, "You got to earn the right to go for it." You know, I mean, you have to show enough proficiency. 
in the other parts of the game and everything else to be able to earn the right to do that. It was just like, okay, we'll just shut up here. <laughs> <laughs> so last week, uh, one week ago, we were down. Um, you know, we were bummed out. Uh, they lost to the Browns. Uh, the sky is falling. You're six and four. Um, now you win this game. You know, if they lost this game, the playoff uh, percentages were like 39%, and you win it, it was like 78%. Yeah, so that the Steelers win it. It was swing, a huge, yeah. huge swing game. Um, and you just now, um, Matt and Wolf, let's start with you, Matt. You just want to see this continue, right? Let's see more of this mm-hmm. continue. Uh, let's pile up some wins. Let's continue to 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 show, not just look better, but, you know, okay, you look better. You had 421 yards. Let's get more points on the board. Let's get this thing rolling because as I look around the AFC, man, there, there's nobody that really scares you, I don't think. I, I don't either. And most of us took the Bengals to at least go to the playoffs, the Bills to at least go to the playoffs since he's not going. I think the Bills need to go undefeated to really have any chance because all their tiebreakers work against them. Kansas City's an unbelievably respectable and scary organization, but they're not their best right Great now. defense. Great defense. They right. got a quarterback. They got a head coach, of course. But, right. I mean, the Browns are very beatable. I mean, would the Steelers be all that concerned to walk into Baltimore and a wild card round? Probably not. It's Browns-Ravens. It's going to be 13-9, you know? One week later, we just want to build on this, Wolf. Exactly so. And, you know, I would be remiss if we didn't say one thing real quick. Connor Hayward, he might have made the play of the game. Uh, the tackle on the, the tackle on, on Jalen Warren's fumble. Right. I mean, that was a heads-up play, and that was over and above because there was nobody that was beyond, I think, Connor that I remember. Yeah, I had Trenton Thompson, but you're right. As the, as the turning point, you know, that interception, yeah. then, now you stop their one drive, and then you – you play that but complimentary they, football and drive it down, but you're right. Yeah, uh, uh, that Connor doesn't make that yeah. tackle, man. We might be right. I don't, I don't even want to think about it. Yeah, we don't want to think about it, uh, and we don't have to. That's because it. he did make the tackle, and the Steelers win 16 to 10 to improve to seven and four. For the most complete selection of Steelers merchandise, from official sideline gear and authentic memorabilia to our extensive selection of jerseys and terrible towels, visit one of the official Steelers Pro Shop stores located at Acrisure Stadium. Grove City Premium Outlets, or Tanger Outlets, or visit us online at shop.steelers.com for all your Steelers merchandise needs directly from the team. For Craig Wolfley and Matt Williamson, I'm Rob King. Thanks for joining us for The Point After on Steelers Nation Radio and 102.5 DVE. You've spent all winter stuck inside imagining your next big home project. A bigger, brighter kitchen, a fabulous new fence, the possibility of a pool. There's so much you would do if only you could. The good news? With an S&T Home Equity total line of credit, you can. We've got your back with financial flexibility, and we're here to support you with exceptional customer service. So dream as big as you want, and we'll help you bring those dreams home. At S&T, it's just what we do. S&T Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender.